You are about to enter a great adventure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Strutting from Gorilla. Mikey Cash, do you even remember what this podcast is? No, I actually just thought that this was, we were getting together to uh, talk about the challenge. So I'm actually not prepared for this at all. Yeah, me neither. Um, (laughs) But hey, welcome back. You know, it's been, it's been quite some time. We got season two, episode one. We're starting fresh, Mm -hmm. right? We're, we're refreshed. We've had some time to really let this new era of wrestling sink in. It's, I mean, it's been a, it's been a real like Zen. I'm just going to let everything just flow into me, Mikey Cash and, and see what happens. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that we are down to two gentlemen today. We are. And, um, we got the leader of men, uh, Bobby Stone and, uh, big mango, not here. And, uh, Moving forward, I think um, they're going to take a little hiatus, and we'll see what happens. But um, myself, Big Vito, and and Mikey Cash, we are we are here. We are excited. Um, is there anything you want to say to that point? Uh, I do miss those guys. I think we have not seen the last of them. I think they're just taking a little bit of a break right now. But you know, I I think you and I can hold down the fort, and whenever they come knocking on the door, we'll we'll answer it. Just like Tony Khan says, the forbidden door will be opened. <laughs> the forbidden door. I love that. Um, all right. Well, so what are we going to talk about in our season season two debut here? What are, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I kind of guess we should talk about, you know, let's think. The last time we recorded was right after WrestleMania. So this has been quite a layoff for us. So what about seven months worth of wrestling that's been going on in all these different companies, a lot of different uh, developments, a lot of releases, but what else is new there? But yeah. I I feel like we should just dive right in. You know, well, Should we dive into what's been going on in WWE if Mike, any of us have been following it? Yeah. Mikey, you have to grab that, that brass that ring. Brass. Yeah, pal. Grab that brass ring. Um, yeah, well, I mean, look... Uh, I don't know if you want to start this one off because let's start off with some positive stuff. I know you like to talk about a lot of positive things and, and you really can find that, that, that I positive gem. Yeah. I so, take a look at it. So yeah. we'll let you, we'll let you start that off. Well, uh, okay. So some of the things that I've noticed during this, during this layoff, a lot of things happened. Um, one thing that I want to touch on is how happy I am for Big E. I think yeah. Big E getting the WWE title is a, a really big deal. I, think, I agree. I, I think it really pr- proves a lot of people wrong that said he needed to change his character. I don't know if you remember, but that Talking Smack segment, it was like back in like August or July, they were where Miz was sort of, oh, I think it was actually last year. They, had, they were doing all of this with Big E. And the Miz was basically just kind of shitting on Big E during a Talking Smack segment. Yep. And saying, oh, you need to be more serious. You need to be wearing suits. You can't be like just like acting like an idiot or yeah. acting like a goofball. So one, Big E cracks me up because like literally the next SmackDown, he his entrance, he just rolls down the ramp and is one of the funniest <laughs> things I'd ever seen. But 
he kind of proved all these people wrong that he didn't really need to change too much. They were like minor tweaks he made where he could still be that fun loving guy and he can still be kind of hilarious on the mic and have all these little inside jokes. But he, when he, when the time came, the guy could get serious. Yeah. And I think he showed that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, um, <laughs> this is why I let you start off because you're right. I can't even argue that point. Um, I, I agree. I think Big E's been one of the, the, the shining points of, of WWE, but you know, what, what, what really makes me angry about that, Mike, is mm. that like, why can't they just treat other superstars like that or other wrestlers in WWE like that? Like, why can't they let them break that mold? You know, instead of having everybody do it a certain way, like they, they, they have this cookie cutter mentality we always talk about. And it's like, yeah. like, just let people do it. It's proven it's worked. Like, just be different. You don't have to have everything like laid out. Um, and you can see it a little bit like, great. They did it with Roman Reigns. He's another shining point. Like he's yeah. been great, you know? And, um, but they're not building these stars. So it's like, who the hell wants to turn on a, a pay-per-view? I mean, listen, we have our small little text group and um, it is like depressing when everyone's like, Hey, you watching survivor series? Nah, I'd rather cut my leg off than turn that on. Like it just, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, this was the first year I didn't even watch survivor series. That's what I mean. I just bear. I, I think I, I turned it on for a little while, but really other than that, I, I didn't pay too much attention to it because yeah. there wasn't a lot of things that really interested me. No, I think survivor no. series has gotten stuck in a rut Yeah, over the last couple of years, ever since like the, the, I mean, you can go back to 2002 and like the brand extensions and the, yeah. the first time they did it. Since that time, it's just Raw versus SmackDown, Raw versus SmackDown. Oh, <laughs> one year we have NXT as a part of it. It's like, I get it. Like brand supremacy doesn't mean anything when you just had a draft three weeks ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. So but th- that's my my thing. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to, to Big E for a second here because you're right. He has done some positive things and um, he puts on some pretty decent matches. Uh, yeah. I think if there's one area he could improve on, I think that would really be it, but he's a big guy. Like yeah, he's a big guy, but yeah. like, he's not going to have those matches that you look at and you're like, Oh, that's a five-star match. You know what I mean? Mm. And I just feel like WWE is missing a lot of that type of wrestling. Like you would go think about the pay-per-views we would watch. Right. And I, I went to the, Gosh, I'm going to call it the 2004 Royal Rumble. What was the one that Brock Lesnar won? And it was in Boston. 2003. It was in Three. Boston. Ah, I knew I was one. Yeah. No, no, there was one that was in Boston. Oh, there was? Oh, yeah. you know what? I'm thinking of Backlash was in Worcester in 2003. You're right. With the I think it was Goldberg. 2004. It was the one that um, Ben Shawn Michaels. In 2004. Okay, shit then. I don't remember. I think it was 2003 because he won that okay. Royal Rumble. And then it was WrestleMania 19 was that year. And yes. he fought Angle in the main event. You're right. You're right. You're much better at these timelines than <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm terrible. Um, but that year, like I think about that, that pay-per-view and I'm like, do you know what, do you know, do you remember what match stole the show that night? Uh, yeah, it was actually Angle and Benoit. Yeah. It okay. No title, one... And it was so good. It and was that, so good. That match gets like erased from history because yeah, of I know. Off. Unfortunately, it's so but... good. It's one yeah. of Kurt Angle's favorite matches. I know. And but I'm I'm saying matches like that. When's the last time you saw a match like that in WWE? Like where one of those show 
one of those matches like stole the show. Like it's, it's few and far between. Yeah. I would have to say the closest that I've seen, and this is just a personal opinion, but yeah. when Andrade fought Gargano for the NXT title, they Again, had like, but it's NXT. close to like a 40 minute match. And it let's was leave NXT up. out of this Damn because it. we all, right. all, all right. We all, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. We all it. know that NXT, we can, we can shed some light on it. And we're like, Hey, that's some common ground where we enjoy watching. Right, I right. don't know if it's like that much right now, to be completely honest. I haven't With watched 2.0? a lot of it. I don't know. Yeah, but um, but what I'm trying to my my point being is that those matches, those like steal the show matches, just are so far and few between. They're all like it's all just like cookie cutter. And then you watch um like a a WrestleMania, and it's two days of that, like. And yeah. here and there, you might get lucky and see a little spark. But if they could just get back to it. Now, we haven't talked about AEW yet. And I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of positive light coming from Anthony on this <laughs> one. Um, but You're going to have some good rants? Yeah. Some, some rants of love? I, I think so. But I, I would almost say that they do too much of the opposite. You know, mm-hmm. like, they have such yeah. good wrestling on their show that, like, it's it's a completely different feeling. So yeah. I don't know. Um, but I, I'll give you Big E. Um, I, I kind of went off on a rant, but um, I'll give you Big E on no. that one. We, yeah, you've had you seven e. months to really build this up. So I know. I, but I, I had a feeling that I was going to get a couple of rants today. I'm going to try. This is a new season, Mikey Cash, and I'm trying to turn over a new leaf here. I'm going to be as, as <laughs> not negative as I can be, but it's hard, man. It's hard. I used yeah. to be the opposite yeah. guy where it was like, oh, you know, this is okay. Like for the first few years that WWE went down this like toilet bowl of stuff. I just, I used to be the opposite way and try and defend them. It's like an abusive girlfriend. Like you always say, mm-hmm. it's like abusive girlfriend, abusive boyfriend. I don't know if there's too many abusive girlfriends out there, but Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Hey, listen, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but, um, but either way, um, you know, it's like you, you continue to watch it no matter what. And it's like, at first I was in denial. I'm like, no, 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 no. These guys, yeah. you know, for so long, you cheered so hard. You were either WCW or WWF. Right. And like, right. now it's like, there's all, there was only WWF or WWE and you had to like defend them. And it was, it was difficult and it's been very difficult, but um, is there anything you want to touch on for WWE before we move on? Cause I know we only really talk about Big E. I, well, and I, I'll give you Roman Reigns too. You know what? I was going to say that too, that I, I think for the, I can't believe we're actually saying this, but Roman Reigns has been stellar. Yeah. Shout he out to has, big mango. Yeah, I know. I know. Shout out yeah. to mango. He's yeah. loved Roman Reigns since the beginning, yeah. but I tell you, he's really come into his own. You can tell when someone's comfortable. And I think that's what it is. It's like you mentioned before about the cookie cutter mentality of WWE. It's really about that control. Like they just so badly want to be the ones that make this superstar like a megastar. Yeah. And, and what happens there is it, it kind of pigeonholes the talent because then you have all the people on the writing staff and you got Vince and you got triple H and you got Stephanie and you have all these voices that kind of drown out the wrestler themselves. So they become more so a product of all of that. This like amalgamation of all of these different perspectives. And they kind of lose sight of, well, who am I? Who am I as a wrestler? Who, who is my character? Because if you don't have a handle on that, it's going to be hard to connect with a crowd and people are going to see the bullshit, which is why for so many years, it was hard for Reigns to really get over. Yeah. 
and now you see that he's really comfortable. I think, and I'm just guessing here, I think Heyman has played a major influence on that. Uh, and I think he can kind of serve as a buffer between the rest of them talking shit and what he is at actually able to do when he's out in the ring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you summed it up pretty good there. Um, it, but here's, here's my thing. And again, I don't know. Call me crazy. I, I wish for one day I could go in and see how WWE operates because I would be willing to bet it is so different now mm-hmm. than it was obviously oh, yeah. 15 years ago. I just wish like these guys could take their blinders off and be like, hey, look, wow, it took us forever to get Roman Reigns over. We turned him yeah. heel and the crowd was asking us to do that. Basically, they were begging us to do it. Like they just don't listen to what the fans actually want. They are just trying to push what they want at us and it's not working. And it's, it's like going down the WCW trail all over again, right? Where you're just going off the hinges. Mm-hmm. The thing I'll say, and you guys always bring this up yeah. is that's what they're geared to do, right? That's what they're trying to be. They're trying to be this production company that, you know, the audience is probably mostly kids right and yeah yeah you're probably right but but like i don't know you you look at aew and they're doing the exact opposite kind of Mm -hmm. what wwe used to be and it's working and i don't know if it just takes wwe longer to like adjust to all of this but yeah i'm not roman the roman reigns thing is working why can't we do that with more people and maybe big Mm -hmm. e why is it just these these new these big guys why can't you let other people like do their own thing, like Bray Wyatt, man. Like yeah, man. that makes no sense to me. No, it. It. I mean, listen. It, if we spend this whole podcast trying to figure out their psyche yeah, right. and their rationale, you're we're right. gonna drive ourselves crazy. Thank Boy. you, Mike, for bringing me back down. Thank you. <laughs> there, Thank there you. is Bring no me. way of us really trying to like figure that out. Basically, what we're gonna have to do is, again. This is going to a call back to season one. Acceptance is the price of freedom. Okay. <laughs> we have to accept that this is sort of how they do things. And sometimes we're going to like some of the things that they do. And I, and I don't think it means that like we're a shill for WWE. If like you say, oh, they actually did this well. Like what they're doing with Roman Reigns, they're doing pretty well. What they, you know, I, for lack of Biggie, he's doing really well. I like that Xavier Woods is king of the ring. I have kind of enjoyed Becky Lynch's return. You know, I I think they could have handled her actual return match a little differently. Way I, think it, I think it really fucked Bianca Belair. That's my point. Time. Though. I mean, she had that amazing match with Sasha Banks main event of WrestleMania. It was a very significant main event. And, you know, we could go into that for forever. But bottom line is like, I feel like a lot of wind got taken out of her sales because of that. And I I wasn't sure what the purpose of the draft did for like what, what the the draft actually did for her, because now I I thought the purpose was to kind of separate her and Becky Lynch, but now Becky Lynch is also on Raw. So now like they're just kind of back there doing the same thing. But, but here it is again, right? There's no logical explanation for any of this stuff. Like, can we, can we just get rid of the draft? Like, can we just make it all on Raw? But I don't think they'll ever get rid of it. This is so stupid. It's a ratings grab. Yeah, because but then people they, are going to tune in to find out where are these people going. Can I listen? I I got to be honest. If you poll ten people, some that watch wrestling, some that don't, 
if you named 10 wrestlers, okay, guarantee you 50% of them, they wouldn't be able to tell you which show they're on. So what's the ratings draw there? If you don't even know what show most people are on, what's the Mm -hmm. ratings draw? Like you want to be able to watch both Raw and SmackDown and know, hey, you know, Big E might come on here, Yeah, you know? And and you also like, the other thing is, don't you want to know and be able to name who your champions are? Can you tell me who the champions are of every belt right now? I couldn't tell you who the Intercontinental Champion is right now. Yeah, but I mean... that's because I don't really... So, just putting it out there to our listeners, I do not watch Raw and SmackDown live every week. I'll occasionally watch SmackDown on Hulu, so it's only the 90-minute version. Because I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to dedicate to programming that I can't always get into. So, instead of me watching it and just getting angry, I will just keep an eye out on the Twitter machine and on Instagram and people will sort of talk about, Hey, this match was really good. Or this segment was really good. And I kind of operate that way. I'll just watch it that way. That's no. And I I've taken your advice on that and I've done that a lot too. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest most of the time. And this is probably why ratings are also down. I think it's a mixture of bad, bad TV, but also if it's that bad and people don't want to watch three hours, what are they going to do? They right. post all the highlights on WWE. So, oh God, I missed the one segment on Raw that was decent. I saw yeah. clips of it and it's like, why even watch it? But this is my point though. Like you want to have that ratings draw, right? You want to bring people in. When WWE is at its peak, and look, I, I, I'm I'm, not naive. I know there's never going to be another Stone Cold or Rock. Like yeah. they are guys like I I watched. I Have you seen, You know, this is off the topic a little bit, but I, I watched... You know, um, I got to tell you, I really miss the WWE Network. Peacock's fine, but like they're not producing a lot of great new content that I really enjoy Mm. here and there. Like Broken Skulls has been good, but I haven't watched the new Jeff Hardy one, which I do want to watch. Oh, I do want to see that too. um, Or the Seth Rollins one, which I could do or do without, but I'm I'm curious. I always find Mm -hmm. this new perspective when I watch those. So, yeah, Um, but the they have a new season of um ruthless aggression mm-hmm. which i looked at some of the episodes and yeah. there's like some that is just a repeat of like there's another episode of Sean the resurrection of Sean Michaels like look we all love the story i think it was great but like <laughs> there's only so many times i could listen to the same exact oh my thing God, over and over with again him and the, fucking... the poor guy though like i yeah. you, Dude, we were. I was watching the the first episode is about The Rock, Hollywood Rock. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Actually, yeah, it was. It, that one was awesome. That one was good. Um, and they, uh, but they had. Um, I lost. I completely lost right. my train. All right. So I want to. Uh, so one thing I'll just add to that. That Rock. Yeah, please go ahead. Episode. I know. I know. I, we're probably so, in another whole talk. Okay. Yeah. I mean, guys, bear with us. It's been seven months. <laughs> we're all getting back together. So we're yeah, just, we got to get off we're, our we're chest. Just jumping. All, we're, we've got a lot of things coming out. Yeah. So one of the, the clips that they aired in that rock documentary was a promo that he did after SummerSlam 2002. And I just want to say, personally, I felt so vindicated when I got to see that promo on TV because I was there with my sister at SummerSlam, at Nassau Coliseum. And I saw him pull that promo. And when he had that like grit in his voice and he was like, it doesn't matter where the rock has come back to. (laughs) At that moment, I remember turning to my sister. I was like, he's a bad guy now. He just turned into a bad guy in front of this crowd. And I remember telling my friends in school, nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. So 
fuck you guys. I was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Almost 20 years later, I finally got my vindication. I'm a yeah. loser. And uh, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Hey, you know what, though? I remember you talking about that. You're 100% right. Um, it's funny, though, because that whole like Hollywood rock time period, I hated it. Um, and looking back and listening to that documentary or that episode, it was very interesting to see why they did it. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and I get it. And The Rock did a great job. I mean, he probably doesn't get nearly enough credit yeah. for how he did it. He was like, it was one of those things where he... So it's like the opposite of Brock Lesnar, right? Like I just, I used to love Brock Lesnar. Then he left WWE. Then he came back and he's a part-timer. And it's not the same feeling as The Rock. Like you could tell The Rock was making strides in Hollywood and everyone was just upset because he left and whatever. But I think they also understood like, hey, this guy's starting to become a star here and he's coming back to WWE. And it's like one of those things, it's like he doesn't have to come back anymore. Like he doesn't ever have to, and he always does. And there's a lot more respect for that. Brock Lesnar, it's like, well, the guy got a a shitload of money and he's coming back to make his money and he does an appearance here or there. And it's like, that's the difference between the two. Yeah. And, and he was essentially leveraging WWE against UFC at one point. So it was really like, all right. So, I mean, I I don't blame him. Like get your money, get paid however you got to get paid, but it comes off a lot differently than rock who really doesn't need to ever come back if he didn't want to, but he's just like, yeah, you know, I was at a live event in Boston a few years ago and he just showed up at a house show. Like, yeah, he just like was around. He was filming a movie. He takes time off of filming the movie. He talks to triple H. He's like, Hey, listen, can I just come out? Yeah. Triple H is like, no. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Like it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was great stuff. Um, and, and, um anyways it was really good yeah I, I was going off on this tangent now i can't even remember why i was talking about this we were talking about the danger of tangents Vito. is sometimes you're like michael scott it's like yeah, an improvisation you know you don't really know where it's gonna go i'm gonna go back like here's what we're gonna do this is like one of those time warps right so we'll we'll finish this episode then next episode i'm gonna go back to what i was actually coming <laughs> when i when i when i hear this back but um no you know getting back to wwe though like um because i want to spend some time to talk about AEW, I, I yeah. do. Um, I have a lot to say on that subject, but I, I'm not gonna. I'm really gonna try hard not to beat them down. But no. at the end of the day, like you know, things change, things move on. I get it. WWE's been been great at what they do. It's just like, just listen to some of the fans. Like you don't, you have three shows that are on on television. They don't all have to be the same. Like you could do one that is mm-hmm. like they were doing with NXT that was geared for a little bit more of an older audience, but it focused on the wrestling. Yeah. Um, I just, it was their version of an independent wrestling. Of course it was. They were trying to make that like AEW to some degree, but, yeah. and, and, but, but what's, what's great about it is they had some fluidity to their storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I miss. It's like, they spend all this time building up these storylines. Like let, let the wrestlers just, you know, have some creative control here. Like it was great to see the Bray Wyatt character because it was different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I like to see. And if you're not going to be different, like that's then what fine. The hell are we doing here? Well, that's exactly it. Like if you're just going to do the same thing over and over again, why am I wasting my time? And I think that's where I get frustrated. And then I get lured back in when they have like the Brock somebody Lesnar's comes back. Or, or, yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's fine, but it just pisses me off more that it gives you a glimpse of like some, that that's what's drawing me back. It's like, you can well, they, draw me they, in a little they, bit. They tap the nostalgia nerve for us all the time. And I think that's what keeps bringing people in. 
Yeah. You know, no. How, the, this is why the Broken Skull Sessions is so popular because people just still want to see Stone Cold in some capacity. Hold so on. Pause. It, pause for one second. I remembered my uh, train of thought when you're done. Oh, God. So I right. just, I just no, go, go for it now before I just don't want to forget it again. Um, but my point was we were talking about like mainstream stars like The Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. And I got into this thing because I wanted to talk about the ruthless aggression rock situation. And the thing was like he was one of the few guys that paralleled into the mainstream. And it just doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. And I think that if you can bring some of that back. Like by getting these guys over and letting them do their thing and letting them shine. I just think you'll get some of those guys again. Like, you know, I just really think you will. Well, it, it, it all depends on their ability to look at something and lean into it rather than seeing something, seeing the fans reaction to it, and then still trying to, you know, there's one thing about staying the course because you want to just, you know, get something established, but there's another thing entirely to, have been doing that and noticing that it's just not working and then you're not changing it right because you have it in your head that it's got to be this way right one thing i really appreciated about rock and you know he had the clout to do it at the time too was that character control so i think for him he noticed the the change and that ruthless aggression episode was pretty accurate from that hogan match on at wrestlemania things really started to change in the way they saw him and and i was like you mentioned that he was going to Hollywood. They were kind of just sad that he was leaving. So one, it's easier to be angry than sad. So people just started booing him. Yeah. And he just started leaning into it. And it worked for him. Like yeah. when, And like you said, at the time, I don't remember really liking the Hollywood rock thing oh, that much. It. But when I now looking back, and again, this is the nostalgia nerve. Now I'm yeah. going back on it and I'm watching it. And I'm like, it was actually kind of genius, some of the stuff that he was doing and just ripping into people. Yeah. And then, was, but but even the fans, the crowd, though he let the crowd get it out of their system. Yeah. He didn't fight it. Yeah. He was like, "All right, let it out." And now this is where he is. Like th- there could have been another parallel universe here, where every time he comes back, he gets booed, or yeah. it got so bad the backlash that he just chose not to come back. Yeah. So uh, I think this was a, a pretty pivotal period of time for him. Yeah. No, I I agree there. I just. You're not going to get those stars. You're not going to get those rocks, those Austins, if you don't let them flourish, you know? And to some extent, I almost feel like Roman Reigns is, is, could be there to some degree. I don't know that he has the, the like Mike skills that the rock has, but his confidence is getting there. And it's, it's, it's like Mm -hmm. organic to watch. We talk about that all the time. When you get that organic feeling like the pipe bombs, right. Of the world, like that stuff, just like. It's like, yeah, this is real. You can invest yourself in it a little bit. Um, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I, I want to hit on the the releases. Um, huh. And there's so much more we could hit on. But and then I want to talk about WWE. But you, you mean know, we AEW? Talked- We've been talking about WWE. Why? I welcome I just, to the podcast, Vito. I just tarnished. I just tarnished the name. Listen, we're getting the rust out, Mike. We're getting the rust out. Okay, shaking it off. Baby. It's like riding a bike, but you know, sometimes you fall. You just got to get back up. That's all. <laughs> Um, but, but no, I, I, with the releases, Mike, it's one of those things like the Bray Wyatt one really shocked me and you don't know behind the scenes of what's going on and that's fine. But like the guy clearly had something special that the fans were clamoring for Mm -hmm. and they just like screwed it all up really. And, and 
there could be some other stuff going on there too. But I mean, that was the biggest one that hit home for me. Like, how do you release one of your bigger stars like that? Just well, when according they're to them, it's budget cuts, but that's bullshit. They're, they're recording record profits. So I'm, I'm unclear about where the budgets need to be cut. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't know if you, you have a, a much better memory than me, but if you want to name some of the guys that were cut and I don't know how you felt about the whole thing. I mean, to be honest, I can't remember everybody that got released. But no, it's, it's been so many names. I mean, yeah. Nia Jax is one of the people that was released. And I'm kind of happy about that one. I just thought uh, she wasn't a great wrestler. That's just my it, it kind of felt like she just kind of phoned it in towards the end. I think she kind of saw the writing on the wall or something. I don't know. That's just a theory. But now uh, now she's kind of doing her own thing. She says she's just not really going to be wrestling anymore. So, yeah, well, we, won't, we won't be Good. seeing her in AEW. Anytime, less, so. less, less women getting but, hurt. <laughs> Uh, one that surprised me, and this is actually an NXT release, but uh, Taya Valkyrie or wrestled under Frankie Monet. Mm-hmm. So she she's married to John Morrison, who also got released. Yeah, so there, there's, a, there's another name. She was so good at Impact. She was a yeah. great wrestler. She was also on Lucha Underground and had some wonderful matches. Like I, I really think her character by itself could have gotten over. And this was the NXT 2.0 thing happening where they tried to like yep. make over her character. Then they cut her match and then they had it and then it was shorter and got it interfered with. And then next thing you know, she's she's gone. She's released. And, and I feel like it was just such a waste of talent. She was yeah. so good. Same thing with Mercedes Martinez. She's another NXT release that yep. I, I'm kind of going off of my own NXT 2.0 tangent here. But I, so far, I'm not that thrilled with it. Like, there's a couple of guys that I think are probably good, like Braun Breaker, um, Rick Steiner's son. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Don't get, like, I do think he's good. He's got intensity and he's like very much in lot. He's very much a Steiner. But, yeah. But how many guys can, can work, you, but it's like, he's going to be on Raw sooner like than later. And it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. And he's going to be in like gimmick matches and he's going to be in funny segments and it's going to be all just kind of for nothing. How many guys can you have like that, though? I mean, you got Big E, big guy who I'm going to put his wrestling at the lowest part of his ability, right? Like, if you were going to pick one thing, I just, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's really not bad. But it's like, I think he's good on the microphone. I think he's funny. I think he's yeah. charismatic. But his wrestling isn't all that great. But he's got a look, right? He's a big guy. Roman Reigns, probably underrated for his wrestling. But I mean, if it's you gotten think of, better. It it's has, but if you think of Roman Reigns, you don't think of like these matches that are are great. And this is my opinion. Yeah. Okay. He does have some that are good. Like I, I like the the one he had with Kevin Owens, minus the Paul Heyman handcuff. Mishap. Oh yeah, yeah. The handcuff like, mishap was not great, but it was was great. But it's just like y- you got to have some differentiators. And I I look, I get it. Like they they always talk about Shawn Michaels being that small guy who tried to. <clears throat> take the belt and be a draw and it mm-hmm. he felt the pressure of it because he was such a small guy but you got to have mix and matches like that it can't just be the biggest guy in the company who might be the shittiest because you yeah. get into hulk hogan territory right. right right and it's like what are you doing here lashley i love the the lashley run i thought it was great i yeah, actually awesome. think the title reign was perfect I don't know that I would have ended it the way that he ended it, but like yeah. it wasn't too long and he got his chance. He was dominant. Where is he now? Right. Like, He's I just, fighting uh, Ray Mysterio's son. What about Drew McIntyre? The guy like was going on a run in the middle of a pandemic and hasn't gotten a chance since then. 
I just no, I I hear you. I just I listen. Don't. We've been taught. We've, okay, we've so now we're we're at the half hour mark here. I know so you're right. Yep, some other yep. See, this right. is it. Mike but Mike before, gives me the cues. Mike right. gives me the cues when I'm getting down listen, a rabbit hole. This, and just depressing. We could do yeah. this all day, but this episode would be like four hours but, long. But before so, we do though, hold on. We the so, two guys we didn't mention that I thought yeah. were were crazy cuts was um, Cross. Um, yep, big time. Uh, which doesn't make any sense. The guy had no chance. Yeah, and 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 Keith Lee, which again you know what it's another tragedy I, yeah like and and the other thing is like shinsuke not not just uh nakamura know, nakamura he doesn't get nearly what he deserves i mean these nope. guys i just okay i'm done yeah, i just want to mention those now let's talk about something that um is a, our, before we get to aw because okay, i feel like let's right. save that that's that's the main event here for the us main right? that's that's right. the main all positivity right. Right. i want to just show some love to the NWA, which I know a lot yep. of people, it's not the most popular of the wrestling companies, but I do think they're kind of like the little engine that could. They're, you know, Billy Corgan's doing a lot with what he has. This this past summer, they had their kind of big pay-per-view again in front of a live crowd. They they really tap into the the historical piece of, of their wrestling, and I think there's a market for that. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that Mickey James is taking on a bigger role administratively over there. I think that's going to help their women's division and collaboratively with AEW and impact. Uh, I did enjoy the empower pay-per-view that they had was the all women's one. Uh, If, if anybody gets the chance, Camille versus Layla Hirsch. Holy shit. Great match. Layla has been on AEW TV and I, she's been pretty good, but I think she really got to showcase her talents against Camille. Camille has got, real china vibes for me like she's got power she's beautiful she is she is the total package in terms of women's wrestling she she kicks ass um i would i i hope to one day see her like just showing up on AEW TV or impact <laughs> or something just kicking someone's ass but um i wanted to, to talk about that uh the ring of honor is actually closing its doors temporarily which yeah. is kind of a big deal because Ring of yeah. Honor is always talk about the little engine that could. Ring of Honor has always sort of been that, and it's mm-hmm. been very much a breeding ground for these other companies, yep. uh, especially WWE. Uh, I just recently went back and watched a triple threat match between Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, aka Seth Rollins, and Kenny Omega, yep. and holy smokes, man, those guys tore the house down. And you can actually see Brian returning to form in his recent AEW run. We'll get to that in a second. Don't worry. But okay. uh just just something to to check out guys. Uh, I think you know Ring of Honor they said they're closing temporarily. They're going to be I don't know if it's a rebrand or they're sort of trying to reconfigure their business model. Yeah. I I know for uh, I don't know it completely, but offhand there was a, always a lot of news about Sinclair Broadcasting, which is the people that put them on. And I don't know if there's just some issues with them business wise. So that's why, you know, ring of honor is kind of the sacrificial lamb, Yeah, but hopefully we'll have them back sooner rather than later. I think they were, they were finally catching some, some momentum. Uh, Maria Canellis, uh, Mike Canellis, wife had been doing some really great work with their women's division and it was finally yeah. sort of ramping up and now they're closing their doors. So yeah, kind of sucks. It's a bummer, but um, you know, just want to wish the best to all the people that, kind of end up losing their jobs for the time being while ring of honor sort of figures their stuff out. Nope. Those are all good points. And, um, I, I 
I would agree. I try to watch some of that stuff. It just it's it's hard to see unless you're searching for it on mm-hmm. um yeah on the web, right? Um, you can see some impact here or there, um, which you know I. I don't mind watching some of that either. I just, I, I even think some of the matches that are on there. Are it's just a different we'll flavor see. is yeah. what it is. Yeah. So let, let's, let's move on to the, to the main event, right? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> AEW. So, you know, I, I got my new MJF shirt just came in the mail a couple days ago. You know, I'm better than you and you know it. That's, that's really, I just thought it was a great shirt. Got to support my boy over there. There you um, go. Yeah. Long uh, Island zone. Yep, Long Island Zone. Uh, no, I, it's it's one of those things. They've just, I feel refreshed just mm-hmm. watching. I, I listen. They're not perfect. They they've got a lot to work on and 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 everything. But it's great to just turn it on and watch a decent wrestling match. Like nine out of the ten matches that are on the show, even on just Dynamite, are better than some of the pay per view matches mm-hmm. that WWE puts on. And it's just. You don't have to have every match like that. Um, right, right. But, Not every match is going to be a barn burner. But as they've been growing here, right, um, it's been it's been great to see that they're taking on some of the WWE talent. I just yeah. don't want them to lose sight of what they're doing. Um, I, you know, they got the second show, which is recorded, um, Rampage. I don't watch that nearly as much as I watch yeah. Dynamite. Um, I just... It's Friday night. I don't necessarily turn it on, uh, but yeah. they've they've done some great things. I mean, CM Punk showing up—what a moment when mm-hmm. that happened! Um, you love or hate the guy, you you can have all the opinions you want on him, um, but him People coming love back, him. yeah. But that him coming back was—that's a big. Deal. I'd put it up in the top five of wrestling moments. Just like it was an interesting time. I you know I wish he came back sooner. Um, and you know, I, I hope they figure it out with him because, you know, I don't, he doesn't need to be the guy winning everything. Like he's past that yeah. at this point. You I, know? And I, I get the sense that he's going to be there mainly putting over some of the younger guys. I mean, even during his interviews, he's usually putting over somebody. I mean, he put over Britt Baker and he's I done know. it a couple of times. And I even know. in that, that I just watched it this morning again, was the, the whole interaction with MJF and CM Punk from yeah. last week's dynamite. Which it was I, I awesome. it I'm was pumped great. about it. The one was yeah. that the one where they 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 both held the microphone, came out and CM Punk didn't say anything. No, no, that no. The, that was the first time they met. And then, which like, I thought this, was this past week was like the promo battle between the two of them. But can we talk about how you know? I don't even remember what episode it was, but I think we talked about you know best on the mic, right? Yeah, yeah. And this was one of our first episodes, and I think one of my dream matches, or we think we all agreed. I don't know if it's even the match. Like I think the wrestling match would be pretty good, just because I feel like they're both dedicated to what they do. Yeah. Um, but just like the microphone itself, like when have you had two dynamic guys like that on the microphone? I'm gonna put it up there with like the. And it may not be to the same level, but it's about yeah. as close as you're going to get right now with like the rock Chris Jericho, right? Like, yeah, those you two know what? On That's the mic- actually a really good comparison. Yeah. That's a really good comparison. Two guys on the mic that just know how to do it. And they, they'll, they'll jab at you, man. They'll jab at you and they do it in a way that other people can't. And yeah. um, I, I, I just, I, I'm excited for it. And the way they teased it where CM, when's the last time CM Punk came out on TV and didn't talk? 
So the fact yeah. that he came out that first time, didn't say anything. You could tell the fans were just like, oh, this is the moment. We're both yeah. going to talk on the yeah, mic. And then he's happen. like, he's like, nope, nope. I thought that was fantastic. Cause I was yeah. like, wow, that's, that to me is showing, you know, what these Leave fans want. More. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, Season. it was good. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but that, that's definitely one I'm excited yeah. for. They bring in Brian Danielson. Oh my they God. bring in. Um, he's been so good. Yeah. He's been so good. I, the matches he's having are just like classics and he's having them with everyone. Yeah. And it's, it's so like that 30 minute draw he had with Omega. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. That was a great match. But but this is all, this is what I love about wrestling. And maybe this is why I'm so upset. Maybe younger people just don't have the same opinion I do, but like if you can get over and tell a story in the ring Mm -hmm. without the background noise and everything else, like, to me, that's what I love about wrestling. It's yeah, the, the wrestling story in the speak ring for itself. Yeah. And that's where I just feel like the difference between AEW mm-hmm. and WWE is like, they definitely have some, some stuff to, to manage. Like they're taking on all these WWE guys yeah. and, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but, but they've done a pretty decent job. Like it's nice to watch a pay-per-view card that is like stacked, right? Like how many yeah. pay-per-views have they put on where we were like, wow, this one looks really good. And for the most part, it, it hasn't let you down. Well, it, one is the way they space them out. And I think it's like every two or three months they have a pay-per-view. And that I think is a good uh, is good for storytelling because you kind of have things where they do these themed episodes of Dynamite or Rampage, which I think can kind of get you over yeah. until you get to that, that actual pay-per-view. But it allows for you to sort of like flesh out a story. And if you do it and, and mainly that they seem to keep it kind of simple, which I think is good because it can allow you to get invested. I mean, talk about long-term storytelling. We haven't even touched on hangman page and Omega from full gear. Holy shit. Those guys tore it up and people were invested because this has been almost over a year long story of hangman and omega's relationship breaking down and then hangman's relationship with the bucks breaking down and then how it kind of came back full circle then when you watch that match towards the end the bucks come out they don't really do anything but there's that little nod that he gives to hangman like he kind of knows like i know you got to do this and good for you buddy like it's really cool it's a great redemption story for hangman page yeah, I compl- I couldn't agree with you more on that one. It, it their storytelling has been good. It hasn't been perfect. Nope. but they're they're they figuring still, it out. They still I just have like, work to do on their women's division. But I like that they're taking the guys that maybe didn't have a chance in WWE, and for the most part, they're flourishing. Like you know, um, Miro. Uh, shout out to Big Mangs here, who loves yeah. Yeah, Big Man Crush. But um, you know, his first. When he first started there, I was like, ah, he's not going to make it. Like, yeah. He's just going to be the same luster. guy. And I, he's done a pretty good job lately. Like His run as the, the um, TNT champion was great. He had some mm-hmm. really good matches. And um, who did he face? He faced CM Punk at um, uh, the last pay-per-view, right? No, that was Eddie Kingston. Who did he face? Kingston. He faced someone um, at the last pay-per-view, and it was a pretty damn good match. Um, I think it might have been Danielson. It was Danielson. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah they killed it, it. It was a great match. I mean, um, speaking of Danielson, I, I meant to say this while you were talking. I read an article the other day. Do you know why he wears his white T-shirt to the ring? No. So 
I, I just know you're going to love this story. I just know you are. And I personally do. Cause it's like everything that WWE does that he just doesn't want to do. He does it because he doesn't want to push his shirt down fans throats. Yeah. And he, he doesn't want to influence them to buy something. If they want to buy it, he wants them to go out and buy it, but he doesn't want to be that influence, which is like, bing, you just hit big, That's Vito big. boner land. Like, yeah, I, I hate when people it's shove natural. stuff down your throat. People are just and, like, I love him. So I'm going to buy a shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't have to worry about my ring gear. He's like, they had no offense. He's like, AEW had this great um, dragon shirt for me. And I told him, I'm not wearing it out there. If you want to buy my shirt, let, let them buy it, which yeah. Good for him. I just thought it was a very cool, cool thing. No, I think um, so. that that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, and he also said that like his match with um, his triple threat match with um, Edge and Reigns. Edge and Reigns yeah. was he said he felt like he was dying at the end. He said he didn't realize why he was in there. He said he didn't need to be. He said he would rather have been there because he knew his contract was up putting over a younger guy. And mm-hmm. they kind of threw him in this match. And he just like, I don't know. It was a great match. It, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, it was. Aw- for, in, I mean, in we his praised opinion, it on the podcast that we thought it was an awesome match. Yeah. But his opinion of it was like, I just felt like I didn't need to be in there. I just yeah. felt like I was. He's like, I've never felt like this before. He's like, I felt like I was dying in that ring. Um, and, you know, maybe this was just an example of him kind of outgrowing them. You know, he had sort of done whatever he could in that company. He now has two WrestleMania main events under his belt. He won one yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. The guy is beloved by fans. And yeah. it, it really, I, I listened to the press conference after he debuted in September. And he said some really interesting things about his relationship with Vince. And, you know, he's he's sort of the opposite of Punk in this way, where, like, there isn't that bitterness there. It's yeah. sort of like, hey, you know, I had a great time there. I have a really good relationship with him. I have family over there, but I just felt like I needed to do something else like that. that that's, you know, the, that's refreshing to hear because I think the, the trope that everybody that comes to AEW falls into is shitting on WWE, which if the point is to be something different, stop mentioning them. Yeah. That is my one piece of advice. That's yeah. the one thing that like bothered me about the MJF CM Punk thing that tainted it a little bit to me. Like, stop mentioning these other people that aren't in the company. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. Like you don't, you didn't need to do that. And, and you could have still gotten the same end result. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get that. He has with CM Punk, especially just because he's got such a disdain. Yeah. He's so fucking hates them. I I put him on a different level. Yeah. I, but but yeah, the other people like just get over. Yeah. Like stop. Like Jericho doesn't need to be mentioning them. It does. Like these other people do not need to be mentioning them. Yeah, stop giving them free publicity. They're already getting billions of dollars. You don't need to give them anything else for free. Right, but I just you know, AW has just done a great job. I want to point out that my prediction going into this year was that AW would take over WWE, which it it, it, ratings wise it hasn't. Right, like it's, but it's pretty damn close. And I I think think there were a couple times of fans it has the ones that aren't under the age of 18, I would believe, or the ones that are over the age of 18, mm. I just, you look at their demographic, it's completely different. And I, I enjoy watching it. It's for the yeah. first time in a long time. When a pay-per-view comes on, I want to make sure that I'm sitting down watching it. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's good. I would put any of their pay-per-views against any pay-per-view with WWE puts on. And I would sit there and be much more enamored by AW right now. 
and and it could change. Who knows? Uh, but I, some of the things that also have been great is their homegrown stuff. Like, it, it, and maybe it's not homegrown, but they're like the Jurassic Express. Big fan of Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy, great wrestler. Yeah. yeah, you know that guy wouldn't get a chance in WWE. So it's great to have a promotion that is willing to get out there. And you know what? Like, for to some degree, they listen to the fans. Mm-hmm. You can hear them. They just get excited. When's the last time you heard a crowd singing someone's song outside of Kurt Angle? Like, Shins so you have, have, we did it. We true. Were, you were there That's a good me. point. We did. That's that. a fair point. At That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Actually. You know what? You win that battle. You win that battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but, I see what you're saying though. It's like, you're, you're talking about just the, the atmosphere at the different shows. Yeah. And like the, the atmosphere at an AEW show, the crowd is hot. You yeah. know, speak. So, Back, back to something biggie related he just did an interview recently where he mentions aew and he talks about how you know how could you not watch that see those fans going wild for a show and not think i want to beat them yeah and uh, so like biggie's got the right idea like yeah. he should be affected by that yeah i just don't know that the, the thing is like back in the day when it was wcw versus wwf it was like a lot of it was on the wrestlers, right? We got to yeah. be better wrestlers. We got to do better promos. We got to do all of that. And I just feel like, unfortunately, in this instance, it's more of like creative. Like, I think WWE yeah. has the talent, but it's the creative and their process that holds them back. Well, yeah. the tw- uh, in, in the last 20 years, their creative committee has grown yeah. exponentially. You know, yeah. it's like almost now you got too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Whereas before you had like two. Yeah, so the, right. and and that wasn't even including Vince yeah. as the and, final. And one season. of them is old and senile at this point, so Correct. it's like Correct. Yeah. And then you have people like Michael Hayes contributing things to women's matches, which is like the last thing you fucking need. <laughs> Michael Hayes given his his thoughts on what a woman should do in the ring. Yeah, I know it's insane, but but back to AEW, I just think they've done a good job. I'm excited about it. Um, y- you know, I don't know how much talent they can take on. I hope they keep it at the level they're at and don't grow too big. Bobby Stone, the leader of men, would appreciate this because I know he would be on that yeah. same page. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? I'm fine with the rampage one hour if they want to keep it on there. Whatever. If you want to get some extra guys out there, but let's not expand it anymore. Let's not do yeah. pay per views every every month. Let's do them the no, way they've been no. doing it. Keep the formula that that succeeds. I'm also curious, like the the announcing makes a big difference too. Like I gotta say, um, the three guys on AEW do a fantastic job. There's only so many times I can hear Michael Mike uh, Michael Cole say "vintage move." Um, <laughs> it's and I love Michael time. Cole, but it's just and you know what, Pat McAfee. I don't know your feelings on him. I feel like he's doing a decent job. Yeah, whatever. he's doing all right. I, but, I don't mind him. But I just feel like, you know, Jim Ross isn't going to be around forever. And then, you know, I know he has the cancer treatments and everything going on, but he's been very influential in that show. He brought back some of the old storytelling, same with Tony Schiavone. Mm -hmm. And um, what's the third guy's name there? Excalibur. Um, Excalibur is great, too. He's he's their resident wrestling nerd. You kind of need that. Yeah, but and I agree, I, and I, I think they they do a good job, and um, I hope they continue to do it that way because it's an art, and it's mm-hmm. not a cookie cutter thing where you can just throw any announcer in there. Like these guys have been in wrestling their whole career, and they are good at announcing mm-hmm. it. You can't just throw a broadcast guy in there who does other other events and expect them to understand the wrestling aspect of it. No, because- no, it, I think there has to be some sort of background knowledge on wrestling or at least some sort of like just peripheral fan knowledge about it. Something that 
you can use when you're when you're commentating. And this, so this is a good segue because in my, I, I have something that I want to. That's sort of like a criticism slash suggestion slash, you know, talking about what do we hope might happen like throughout mm-hmm. the rest of 2021 and into 2022. I really hope that they they do justice to this TBS championship that they're instituting with the women. Yeah. So they're so one of the, my biggest criticisms of them has been their attention or lack thereof to the women's division. Yep. They've changed that a little bit though. Outside of Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa. Chris Statlander's been pretty good. Chris Statlander's good. Ruby Soho was in here and she's doing great. What I'm, what I I think what I'm hoping for is that you get more than one women's match on a dynamite or you get more than one women's match on a rampage. You know, I, I watch, I happen to watch Dark and Dark Elevation on YouTube when I get the chance. And they have a lot of women's matches there. And I think that's good. But I feel like if you really want people to pay attention to your women's division, you got to put them on TV. Yeah. And and I think they, they I'm thinking that they're hoping they can do that now with the TBS yeah. championship. Like that might be a thing where on Rampage or on Dynamite, it'll get like defended weekly, almost like a US title type of thing. Yeah. So I think they can make that work but it's going to require them to really start putting more time into these other folks. And, and in terms of commentary, as much as I love commentary, you have, I, I counted it all together and, and it's around six hours of television that mm-hmm. AEW has per week. Yeah. And in none of those outside of a match or two, do you have a female commentator? Yeah. I don't need four fucking people on rampage on the commentary booth. You okay. could get rid of Chris Jericho, get rid of Mark Henry, and put Veda Scott in there. Sure. During the pandemic, she did a lot of commentating with Taz and Excalibur during their dark, dark matches. I thought she was great. And I yeah. wonder why she's not there. So I, I, or somebody in, in her realm, I think there are plenty of female superstars backstage that would probably do a really good job in that role. No, you're probably and, right. And I just feel like they're kind of missing out. Like it kind of surprises me that they haven't thought of this. Like, yeah, it's a fucking sausage fest over there Yeah, for six hours. Like I, I it's not that I don't like them, but like, I, I don't know. need big show on commentary. Oh like, yeah. Big show. And Mark Henry. Yeah. They're Mark so Henry. bad. Oh, it yeah, they're it not ends good. up just being them talking about themselves and, <laughs> and like criticizing the wrestlers for, you know, not working a body part. Like, dude, I like get a podcast then and talk about it. Like you don't need to be on commentary doing this. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. They could come join our show. This is this is an invitation <laughs> yeah, to Mark yeah, Henry exactly. and Big Mark Show. Mark Henry and Big come Show, on come on on. You know, we'll, and talk bring about, on the heat. Yeah, talk about how you really like apply a headlock. I really want to hear about this. So, <laughs> Bobby Stone would love it. Leader of men, yeah, he would absolutely. love it. Two big guys. Oof. That'll get he, that'll get Bobby back in here. Yeah, that's time. right. That's right. right. So that's just like that's my one thing. Like with AEW, that just like bothers me, and yeah. I hope that they address going forward. I think they'll get there. Look, you know, when you're when you're the the underdog trying to take over ratings, they're going to do what they can to get those ratings. And unfortunately, you know, I bet if you looked at the history of women's matches, they're just not the biggest rating drawers. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's where they're at right now. And Britt Baker's the exception to the rule, I think, for them right mm-hmm. now, and and some other people. But I think they'll get there. Yeah. Um, I just, they have a lot of talent. I mean, we didn't even touch on no, Adam we, Cole. We, and we'll, we'll have more to, we'll, we'll have to catch it up on the next episode. We'll talk more yeah. about it, but yeah, before, but I mean, but, but, uh, one last thing. And I, yeah. I feel like I'm you right now. Cause I just That's, keep popping I love up it. with stuff. Hey, I love it. But Go for it. A lot of it's... things have changed folks in seven months. I've become veto. 
Yep. So I have one one thing that I feel like we need to touch on, and it's not AEW related. It's actually WWE related. Recently, I'm sure people have seen the video of Seth Rollins getting attacked by the fan oh, when he was yeah. walking up the ramp in Brooklyn. Yeah. Now, a lot of story has uh, a lot of um, new details have emerged about that attack and sort of like the background <laughs> of this fan who was essentially being catfished yeah. by fake Seth Rollins <laughs> and being asked for like a couple hundred bucks. And I'm not sure what this fan's deal is. Like, there's speculation and stuff, but I really don't know. So I can't really speak on it. One thing I feel like needs to happen, and maybe they need to talk to MTV about this, but we need to get Neve and Cammy or Neve and Max or all three of them back together so that they can do a, a investigative WWE episode of Catfish to explore this whole thing. Because we still don't know who that actual fake Seth Rollins was. And I think so, I think they we deserve answers. So I, you know, if they really wanted to go on a good tangent with this and really capitalize, which they should, yep, um, they should. They they should have Sami Zayn uh, come out and do the investigation. <laughs> I think that would be a bunch of hilarious. Theories. Yeah, the problem is they're not going to want to condone what this. No, guy no, and, yeah, and they don't want to give him the time of day. No, so I, I, and, it'll and probably never happen. But it unfortunately. Would be interesting. Unfortunately, it seems like this guy may have some mental health issues and yeah. and whatnot, and it's it's too bad. But um, I mean, outside of my politically correct hat, I I thought it was kind of funny after I figured out and they reported that it, they he thought that it was actually Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, like, like it is like it's funny like, on face like, value to be like this guy really thought that Seth Rollins was borrowing money from yeah, him, and, and then, he was, and like, then not only beat did... his ass and get a couple hundred bucks. Not only did he think that, Mike, he went out there and was like, you know what? I'm so mad at this guy. I'm jumping the reel and I'm giving him the best spear of all time. Like Goldberg should take notes. That spear yeah. was legit. That was that was arguably the most direct hit someone's got on a wrestler since they came in. You yeah, know? Like, I, like it, we've seen people run into matches all the time. Like uh, the the fan that almost knocked Eddie Guerrero off the ladder. Yeah. I remember when he was having this match with RVD. Yep. The Stone um, Cold fan that <laughs> yeah. protected uh, triple was it triple h was yeah triple h actually gold? protected yeah, him beat the, crap beat the hell him. out of him here's the key you don't want to get your ass beat don't jump the rail that's don't that's what do I it say. yeah Just if you you're fair it. fair game otherwise i mean but um no those are those are those are good yeah. points so look i you know i don't want to we're coming close to the end here um there's a great catch-up episode i'm we didn't even touch the surface no, on a yeah. lot of this stuff. Uh, but we're, you know, just give a little preview of what's going on. You know, we, we really kind of put, we're going to keep the same format, right? We're going to do a lot of, you know, IRL in real life, kind of catching people up um, of what's going on when we feel fit, usually kind of around some of the bigger pay-per-views for WWE. Yeah. Um, but we're also going to stay with our, our kind of our home run zone, right. And kind of pick, um, pick some some topics of the past, and this is where we really excel. And and I get excited, <laughs> and we could kind of talk about some of the older things going on because that's what we love. We love wrestling, and it may not be where we want it to be today, but I've seen a glimpse of hope here the last couple of years with with AEW and and some of the stuff going on in wrestling. So, um, I also before we go, I want to give a shout out to our friend Vinny Berry. Yes. Just just released a book called Wrestleville. If you haven't had a chance, if you go on lancebychance.com, um, follow Lance by Chance on the Twitter machine, 
uh, check it out. Um, I got to tell you his book, we did an episode, you can go back and listen to it where he talked about his first book, Glance by Chance. And I, I haven't had a chance to to get into the book yet, but um, hopefully we'll have him back on the show and, yep. and kind of talking about that a little bit. Um, but wanted to give him a shout out. Um, and as always, make sure you follow us on, we got a lot of these now, so you may have to help me out. It's been a while, Mike, but we got on uh, the Twitter machine, which is uh, at from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. Make sure you follow us there. That's right. We are on TikTok with the same name, which they haven't been getting a lot of love lately, but that should amp up a little bit. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram. And what are the the names there, Mikey Cash? So for Facebook, it is at SFG Podcast. And on Instagram, we are uh, SF Gorilla Pod. So make sure you, you check us out on there. Um, and we're going to be trying doing this at least uh, on a monthly basis, maybe bi-weekly. Um, we appreciate it. We're excited to be back. And we will see you next time. We now return your perception of reality to you. Until next time.